Three, two, one. Florida State takes down Southern Miss in a spanking fashion, beating the Golden Eagles 66-13. to Kind of a slow, tiny, slow start for the Florida State Seminoles on offense, but they started getting some things clicking second, third quarter. They put this game away quickly, and we were able to see some of the second and third stringers, even some of the walk-ons there at the end of the fourth quarter. But Mike Norvell and the Seminoles open their season at home with a win. The Seminoles are now 2-0 and going into week three. With me this evening is Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief at NoelGamey.com. And down below is our lead basketball writer and game preview man this year, Austin Beasy. Gentlemen, the Seminoles are 2-0. and uh, We all, I think the highest person here was expecting 56 points, but they ended up putting on 66 on the scoreboard. But, yeah, Florida State did what they needed to do, and there was a lot of big plays made both offensively and defensively. They did a little bit more damage than we thought tonight on the scoreboard coming into this one. We actually all three per, uh, correctly predicted Southern Miss to score 13 points. But, I mean, man, once again, Florida State's offense just got rolling in the second half. And, I mean, Mike Norbell wasn't backing down on any of those fourth down attempts in the first half. And we also saw the defense get involved in scoring with uh, Jarian Jones's pick six, the first of his career. We saw Florida State go for an onside kick and recover it. So, I mean, Mike Norvell just pulling all the tricks out of the bag tonight. We even saw some Wildcat. You could tell he wanted to get in and get out of this one, get get some of the backups in, get some of the third-string guys in, just see what kind of depth you have down the roster. It was a weird game, though. I was telling someone towards the end of the game, like Florida State kind of played like a C-plus, B-minus game, yet they still put up 66 points. It's kind of absurd, the, the talent level that's flipped in the last two years. But it was great to see some of the younger guys in towards the towards the end of the game. I think I could agree with that. I mean, how many times do you walk out of a 66-13 to 13 victory and you're like, man, Florida State might have left a couple plays on the scoreboard. I mean, we saw in the first half the offense uh, struggling at times with some drops. You know, Johnny Wilson had a couple of easy ones go through his hands. Jaheim Bell had at least one. Keon Coleman had that tough one that it looked like he was going to pull in, yep. but they were, they were able to knock it out. So, I mean, there were some uncharacteristic drops that we saw from this team. Still some stuff to clean up moving forward but I think it just says a lot about how good Florida State actually is when you know we're sitting here ready to criticize them for a couple mistakes in the first half in a game they won by 53 points one one person that did not drop any balls and that was Jarian Jones with a big time play getting that pick six his first in his career in college I don't know I should have asked too if he had one also in high school but a big time play there by Jarian guy who's been around in this system and Adam Fuller's system now a coach Sertan you know shout out to coach Sertan these guys are putting themselves in the right position and that was a great takeaway reading the route and took it back for six and he was celebrating after the game but a really really nice play made by him and you know he, he said that he loves doing it he loves coming out here with the fans he uh, was also kind of shocked by the LED lights whenever those came on, whenever he got the touchdown and the, the whole stadium turned black and then it was flashing everywhere. So a really cool moment for a guy that's been around the program for quite a long while. Love to see that from uh, Jarian Jones, someone who has been through a ton of ups and downs at Florida State, someone on this show who we have criticized in the past. But, I mean, man, really increased his level of play and consistency towards the second half of the 2022 season and kind of carry that over into the offseason as he prepares for his final year at the college level. And, I mean, it's paying off early. We saw, we heard Mike Norvell say after the game that uh, Jaron was a little limited during LSU prep, but he was still able to go last Sunday and make an impact in that victory against the Tigers. And then to come back tonight 
with that beautiful play, undercutting a wide receiver on a slant route, grabbing that pass and just taking it the other way. I mean, that's kind of been uh, what Florida State's defensive backs have been doing the entire preseason. Mike, you said, Logan, they've been putting themselves in position to make plays on the ball, and we're seeing them a lot more consistently come away with those big plays. You know, Renardo Green had the interception last week uh, in Orlando against LSU. See uh, Jarian Jones get one tonight. Comrade Hussey almost had one as well. So these true freshmen, just like the veterans, are putting themselves right in the mix to uh, go create a turnover early in their careers. And as much as we criticize Jones, you know, in the last couple of years, we also give him his flowers this summer. You know, just like you mentioned, he really came on last half of, of 2022 and felt we, we all felt really comfortable. Like if that's your number three or your number four corner, you're going to feel really good about your cornerbacks. And it was good to see him make a play. He made a really great play on that ball, and, and to take it back to the house was a good moment for him. You know, what's funny, too, you know, we would have been talking about Jarian, and a lot of people had wanted him to go move to wide receiver. You know, yeah. he had had experience about that in that realm in high school. So, you know, there was chatter about him. All right, you know, Florida State at that time, to think about crazy, but they were pretty thin at wide receiver. Maybe Jarian wasn't clicking well as a defensive back. They wanted to have him move there uh, to a wide receiver, but – Boom, here, catches it on the defensive side and takes it for six. So congratulations to him. How about uh, Kaziah Holmes, someone that I had been wanting to see for so long. Everybody on this podcast knows I've been wanting to see him in a real game-type situation. And we had talked about him. Dustin had been giving us some good info on him. And uh, we, I was able to see him for a lot of practices. This is a guy that is a home run hitter. Once he finds a hole, he is gone, and he, he showed out with a 40-yard touchdown reaching the end zone. But Trey Benson talked about him after the game, along with Rodney Hill as well, C.J. Campbell, just really happy for those guys to get some get some playing time and said that they really do deserve it. Really, that whole running game tonight was pretty successful for Florida State. You know, a little bit of tough sled in there early on, but, I mean, as this game went on, they were really able to uh, do whatever they wanted on the ground. You know, Trey Benson finished with the hat trick. Saw Lawrence to a Philly have a couple of nice one runs. Uh, you know, you mentioned Kaziah Holmes getting in there for the touch, touchdown. You also had Rodney Hill going uh, up the field with a couple of nice spin moves. So C.J. Campbell as well was able to come up with at least one first down for Florida State. So, I mean, once again, that entire backfield just making plays, all five guys back there. Yeah, for the team, Florida State averaged well over eight yards a carry and four players had a rush of over 30 yards. And that's including quarterback Brock Glenn, who I know we'll talk about here in a minute. Um but the running, the running game as a whole was productive. It was a, it was a nice change. It's kind of what we talked about heading into this week that we felt like they'd want to reestablish the run this week after a disappointing performance in in that aspect against LSU. Um, and maybe it didn't start that way because the, the the throwing game plan was kind of weird early to me. Um, but I'm glad they settled down and got the running game going. Yeah, let's jump over to the quarterback room because we got to see that whole entire quarterback room in its entirety, but going from Jordan Travis, you know, he had a lot of good balls down the field, a lot of drops, though, from the wide receivers, a few few balls kind of underthrown here and there, but, man, that deep ball, just watching his progression throughout his career has been phenomenal. And then you see Tate Rodemaker, two successful drives. He just looks so comfortable there. And, you know, Florida State fans should be really happy about having a guy that's QB2 just in case if Jay Trav's not available, that they can throw him in there and he's able to lead the team down the field. That's the most comfortable I've ever seen Rodemaker out there on the field. Um, and then you see Brock Lynn with his rush. He start. He gets more. He gets earlier playing time over Duffy there, which is an interesting conversation we'll have to have next week on the show. But what do y'all think about the quarterback room and its entirety? I was impressed. I thought it was a pretty good night for Jordan Travis. Looked really under control back there for Florida State. You know, plagued by 
some drops, but I mean, you really got to see some of the skill set that makes him a, a Heisman front runner during this 2023 season. You know, those fourth down attempts where J. Travis turning and running 15, 20 <laughs> yards in the backfield and then somehow still getting away from these defenders, you know, completing that pass to Toa Philly for the one conversion and then coming back and taking the other one with his legs. I mean, it was a really impressive night from Jordan. And then, man, how about Rodemaker coming out there, throwing that first pass, and then Marquise and Douglas, I mean, Biscuit just taking it all the way, 280 pounds, rumbling downfield for Florida State for a touchdown. Uh, a pretty good display from the quarterbacks overall tonight. You know, we didn't get to see Brock Lynn or A.J. Duffy throw a pass, but Brock had that really nice run, 34 yards, I believe, on, on his first snap as a Seminole, and Duffy was able to get in there for a couple plays there too late in the game. There's a couple times where, where like, you're just watching the progressions and – you see the throw, like, what are we doing? Like that that fourth and four throw to double coverage on the post route to Keon. I'm like, there's there's surely a better read than what that throw ended up being. But for the most part, the quarterbacks were pretty solid. Um, I think they're actually going to have an easier time next week against Boston College than Southern Miss, who's honestly a somewhat solid team. It's a team that won a bowl game last year. Yep, they did. Uh, there's a question here. Which freshman surprised you guys the most? I wouldn't really necessarily say a surprise. It's going to be the opposite for me. Vondravius Jacobs getting his first touchdown as a Florida State Seminole. That is, that's going to be said a lot. That's going to be said a lot the next couple of years while Jacobs is here in town. I was super excited to see him get in the game fully 100% now. Both he and Hakeem Williams is also going to see the field a lot this upcoming year just because of his blocking. That kid is blocking just like Malik McLean did uh, his freshman year, and you're just going to earn the most playing time out of anybody else if you just keep on showing out and doing what he's doing. But, yeah, two two true freshmen that Florida State were very high on in recruiting-wise and making sure they got to Tallahassee, and uh, they're, they're doing great. But shout-out to Alday Dre for getting his first touchdown. Hakeem was blocking his ass off, man. Like, he was working mm-hmm. to open those running lanes, especially on that Brock Lund run. You could see him really pushing that DB down the field. Also got to give a shout-out to Blake Nicholson at, at the linebacker spot, led the team in tackles with five. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was a really spread-out game. You know, everybody was getting involved, but definitely got to get him involved. You guys pretty much nailed it. You know, freshman playing all over the board. I got to I gotta agree with Hakeem Williams here. You know, his blocking was standout, was able to have his first catch uh, in his career at Florida State tonight. Then Von Dravius Jacobs as well, getting into the end zone all day, Dre making a play and then I got to go over the defensive side of the ball Austin I agree with you Blake Nicholson was really good and then thought we saw some really impressive signs out of Quindarius Jones the the true freshman backup cornerback to Renardo Green you know he was able to come in have some good plays around the ball and then make at least one tackle for loss on the night as well so I think it's really encouraging you know to see these true freshmen get in you know a lot of them for the first time in their college careers and uh, go ahead and make it an early impact. And another player that was kind of flying around, he didn't make a huge impact on the on the box score, but I thought Ashton Barker showed some showed some highlights, playing all, all around the field, showed great speed. Um, there was a couple of times where I'm like, damn, who's 27? Had a look at the roster. He, I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, there's a comment in here, too, about Conrad Hussey grabbing his interception. So I think Florida State's defensive back room almost. under Coach Sertan is just going to be fine. Oh, yeah, it was. It was almost. Yeah, it did pop out. There, should have been. Was, yeah, it should have been. It should have been. Uh, it should have been an interception. Um, but yeah, yeah. Jacob's touchdown in the comments here. Talking about the touchdown. Yeah, nice grab there on the sideline, uh, in the side of the end zone there from from Jacobs. That was really nice. Really nice. Um, I'm thinking too. 
and we always got to double check this, but health wise, I'm pretty sure Florida State outside of Akeem Dent, though, that's something that's going to be a little bit concerning there that we'll have to monitor and, going uh, into this week's practice observations. K- KJ Kirkland went down late in the game, uh, I think in the fourth quarter, and had to be helped off. I don't think we saw him again. Um, okay. Other than that, I, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head. Yeah, Just the guys from pregame, you know, having yeah. two stars on the offensive line out, Robert Scott and Marie Smith. Uh, Marie Smith, we obviously saw pregame. It looks like he had a boot on his right foot. Robert Scott, we didn't see um, at all tonight. And then you also had uh, Ja'Kai Douglas out, which, as expected, Norbell announced that one a couple of weeks ago. But then also Kentron uh, Poitier, uh, a scratch tonight, he was out on street clothes on the sidelines. So, I mean, hopefully for Florida State, you know, Mike Norbell hasn't provided any other specific injury updates on players outside of Ja'Kai Douglas so far. Hopefully these uh, won't be nagging injuries that last for a long time, and it's just Florida State playing careful against an opponent they expected to dominate. It's irritating for Akeem Dent, too, because I thought he was playing really good to start off this game as well. He was doing really nice and pursued, getting to the flats quickly. He was having some really good tackles, playing with physicality. So uh, could could be a pretty bad loss there if it's an extended time. You know, Florida State, luckily – is going to the Boston College, you don't you can rest some guys. There's no need to push them out there if you don't need to. Kevin Knowles, I think, has really stepped in well into that position. So at least you have that, but you have some youngsters now that are gonna have to step up and be expected to get more playing time. That's exactly what Mangravel was talking about in the press conference. There's gonna be freshmen that are going to contribute a lot to this team this upcoming season. So you've got to get them prepared. That's why they got those guys in, a lot of early enrollees and then once they got here to Tallahassee, they were right into the groove of things, making sure they got down their assignments and watching films. So uh, a, lot, a lot of youngsters in there. And we saw Johnny Wilson in street clothes. I don't think there's anything to be concerned there. Uh, I think everything will be fine. I know Twitter was kind of freaking out a tiny bit, but I uh, just wanted to address that. But, yeah, Sumo was talking about too many drops. they got to fix drops. That's something that you look at Johnny Wilson specifically, that's got to be fixed. You know, that's one thing that last year which hurt him and it's continuing and it's almost becoming worse. And some of these drops are just right in your hands, my man, right in your hands. So uh, a lot of work to be done there and they've got to fix that. And Ron Dugans, I'm sure is going to be sitting down with them and it's all a mental game for him. We know the abilities. He catches the freaky ones, the ones that are like wild that you wouldn't expect him to catch. He comes down with it. But the little simple ones, it's just all a mental game for him. It's so infuriating sometimes, and I'm sure it's got to piss Johnny Wilson off too to, you know, have some of those easy ones where he's right over the middle, doesn't even have a defender a defender playing off of him, and it still just bounces off his hands for whatever reason. And, I mean, it's something that we saw Johnny Wilson improve on throughout the preseason. You know, he was making those routine plays. He wasn't having a lot of balls hit the ground. And then I would say probably about the last two weeks or so, we've started to see that pop up a little bit more in practice. And, you know, it wasn't a huge issue against LSU. He did have a couple of drops, but also had a monster game tonight. It really shone through with him having those passes uh, go, go away. And then also Jaheim Bell dropping a, a really easy one as well. So, I mean, on a night where Florida State absolutely dominated Southern Miss, there's definitely some fundamentals that they want to clean up on offense moving forward against uh, what should be an overmatched Boston College game next Saturday. And there's even a couple of jump balls, you know, those 50-50 plays that Florida State didn't quite take advantage of. There's the one for Keon down the sideline where I really thought he came down with it and just knocked loose at the end. There was, there was one to do span where, where Travis gave him the go around and kind of underthrew it a little bit, but, you know, span got two hands on it. Those are, those are catches you got to come down with. 
definitely a little bit of a frustrating week for the wide receivers, but you know, at least they're doing it against Southern Miss and not against Clemson in two weeks. Chris is bringing up a good topic here. We had Keon Coleman after the game talk to us about his hurdle play. It was a big time highlight. He almost scored that touchdown, man. We were ready to write that article and get it out, but really a phenomenal play by him just goes to show his elusiveness. He also had a, he tried a, a hurdle a little bit before that as well. He said that he just didn't stick to landing how he wanted to, but tonight, Later on in the game, he was able to stick it, and he only had one defender left, and he almost scored there. But a really nice play from from Keon. And he also, too, like we were just talking about with the wide receiver drops, he also acknowledged that, and he said the team has got to do better. And he's and he brought up the wide receiver room. The wide receiver room has got to perform better and make sure that they're they're coming down with the ball and, and not letting that pop out. But crazy, crazy play. Crazy play. He's a freak. I mean, what else can you say about a play like that? There's probably – three to five players in the entirety of college football that can make an athletic play like that um, while running full speed against a defender. And Keon Coleman is one of them. He plays in Garnet and Gold for Florida State and Tallahassee. And I've got to think that Seminole fans are going to be really happy with this one uh, throughout the remainder of the season. Four touchdowns already for Keon Coleman. And, I mean, he has made a significant impact on that Florida State wide receiver room right out of the gate. And it wasn't even just the hurdle. It was the catch, the shimmy shake, stay in bounds, then the hurdle. Like, it was just such an athletic play. I tweeted this right after. He he kind of feels like what I feel like Randy Moss would have been like at Florida State. Obviously, Randy's a little bit faster, a little bit more athletic, but they just bring that excitement, that wow factor where you're like, yeah, there's no one on the field that's like him. Well, going outside of Florida State, going to the college football realm, this is where we're at now. we got to evaluate and keep an eye on some of the ranked teams above them. Alabama, number three in the country, losing to Texas at home. Florida State now expected to probably rise up in the AP poll to number three. Gentlemen, this is now going to probably be a number three team that we're going to be covering uh, here moving forward when Florida State goes up to take on Boston College. Dustin, you're going to be up there next week as well. But, yeah, a, a top three team going up there to face the Eagles. Always a physical matchup. And once again, I mean, like we heard so many of the players talk about during this postgame press conference and Mike Norvell himself, it's not about the opponent. It's only about Florida State. You know, going into this matchup against Boston College, uh, there's no doubt that the Seminoles are extremely more talented um, than the War Eagles, who are coming off a near upset loss to Holy Cross at home. But, you know, we've got to take it day by day, week by week, practice by practice, and then go out there, execute on Saturday, get it done in your ACC opener on the road, and come back from Boston with a win. And there's a there's a small chance that Florida State flip flops with Michigan too because Michigan hasn't looked great either these two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see it, but I, I think we all expect them to be number three, and it's it's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be a bandana game up up in Chestnut Hill. I don't know if that's going to mean anything for the way the Boston College fans have shown out these first two weeks in the crowd, um, but you never know. First first conference game of the of the year, it's going to be on the road. Never know what can happen. Nope, nope, not at all. Well, this was a fun night. Got to say, the Florida State fan base over here, man, these stands were slammed, a whole lot of loud noise. We got Osceola and Renegade making Keon Coleman forget that he was at the game. He said that was one of the most craziest experiences ever, uh, and that, that made his day. And then also the student section filling up pretty early. New LED lights, too, after the touchdowns. 
Uh, Doe Campbell Stadium was rocking for a Southern Miss opponent coming into town. So expecting that to be the same way when Florida State comes back here a little bit later into the month. So, gentlemen, anything else? It's about another month, right? Yeah, it's like uh, it's going to be about about four weeks because you got Boston at Clemson by week and then you come back home. Yeah, so it's going to be a minute before they come back over here, but it was it was a fun one. It was definitely fun. Anything else? Hmm. Not off the top of my head. No, I think that was good. good. It's it's late. It's late as a mother f though. It's late it as a mother f. It's one thirty here. It's it's one thirty, and I'm feeling every bit of it. We're, so I'd be fine to go ahead and wrap. Yeah, I'm fine to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Screw you, ACC Network, for also screwing over the fans. I know a lot of y'all were not able to see the game as well. So screw y'all for that, and screw y'all for having an eight thirty kickoff and then pushing it to eight forty. And just screw screw the announcers in general. And and when y'all go back and rewatch this, you're gonna be like, "What are these guys talking uh, about?" I'll be yeah. That's going on mute. I'm gonna be mute that 100. <laughs> that's going mute. Easy call there, but hey, appreciate everybody hanging out with us this morning, this morning, and uh, we will talk to you guys on Wednesday at 7 p.m. as we'll be previewing Florida State versus Boston College. D-Lou will be up there in the house for us, checking in uh, up there in his favorite spot in Boston. So appreciate all y'all. Enjoy the rest of y'all's. Yep, enjoy the rest of y'all's weekend, and also. Uh, enjoy NFL Sunday. Uh, week one begins later today. So enjoy it. See you guys. Go and to Bucks we'll talk to you guys. Yeah, go to BucksGameDay.com if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Make sure you do it. And uh, also uh, go Steelers. See y'all later. Bye.